Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's good, Internet? It is Austin Walker. I'm coming to you from the Brick House here in Vice HQ. You already know what it is. I have Danielle Rianda with me. I have Patrick Klepik with me. It is December. We are almost out of 2016. Yes. We can do it. Let's get it. <laughs> what? Let's so we can go. just find like a, a year that can try and top it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If we get through this, we can get through it. We can do it. We can we can we can do it. We can work through it. We can work through it together. 2017. I like the way it sounds. It sounds futuristic. It sounds way more futuristic than 2016. It's an odd number. You know, odd numbers help, I think, a little bit. 2017, you can't kill Prince twice. You can't. <laughs> Prince Bowie, Leonard Cohen, they're coming for Muhammad the Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali. Oh. This year. Oh. <sighs> yep. This is not our year end wrap up, but like <laughs> <laughs> it's our it's our deaths of celebrities wrap up. It is. Yeah. <sighs> How's everybody doing? Good. You doing all right? Good. Get that out of the system. Let's get that energy yeah. back in. No. Get it back in. No I got it back in. It's good. All right. I'm I'm exhausted. Yeah. Uh, let me just be honest. We the video the game awards the Keelys were last night. The Keelys. The Keelys. <laughs> um, and and that is a show that is exhausting, partially due to its its own design, but also partially just due to what the format needs to be. Um, you know, I, so I, marketing heavy and ha- yeah, it's so marketing heavy. Yeah. It's, so for people who don't watch these sorts of things, it's it's Jeff Keeley who has been in the industry for fifteen years now, like L- longer least, than that, yeah, longer than that, definitely. He's 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 a, an institution, as it were, um, and and for a long time he held these big video game awards that were uh, either aired on Spike TV. Were they on G Four ever? No, it was Not always Spike TV. Always Spike. Um, was Spike something else before it was Spike? I feel like it was. It I forget what it was. Mm. But whatever. The man network. It, it, I mean, it's been the man. It was the man <laughs> it was network. something like that, you, yeah. You could watch Mansers on man. Spike TV. Yeah. Um, and for a long time, it was this really, like, blown out, uh, you know, celebrity-studded dozens of uh, – not dozens, but tons of musical performances. And, like, it felt like it had to try to reach a really, really broad audience. And so people didn't like it because it was so – it was so like mainstream, and it didn't really feel like it reflected the culture of games. Um, and then, you know, in the last couple of years, last few years, he's moved it. it you know, I don't think Spike is around anymore, even. Or I have no idea. So Spike is still is Spike is around, and also to clarify, it used to be TNN, the Nashville Network. Thank you. Oh, thank you. The it Nashville wasn't the Network. Na- that wasn't the Manville Network. It no, was it, was not, it was the Nashville Network. Right, there was cool. lots of country music. Yeah. That must have sucked if you were like deep into the Nashville Network. <laughs> Give it to Spike. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I want to see some Kenny Chesney, <laughs> and I'm getting Mansers. That's not what I want. Um, so now Keeley has spun it off to be an independent thing. It's not on any broadcast network. It's just uh, on the internet. Um, and 
it's scaled down in some ways, but it still has the sort of like gloss and, and grandeur of a, a big award show or it wants to have that. It, it, it aspires to that sort yeah. of thing. And the thing is, anytime you want to do something that big, that costs a lot of money. And so like the way that you have to do that is you have to first – Make sure that you can afford to rent out that place. <laughs> yeah. And to do that, you need advertising dollars. And to do that, you have to convince your advertiser that you're going to have a big audience. And to do that, you have to start making it a thing that people will actually watch. And so it shifts from being this like celebration of games, which is what is in Jeff Keighley's heart of hearts. I believe That's what truly he wants. he wants to celebrate yeah. games to this other thing, which is like a marketing blitz. Yeah. The only way you get people to, to watch through for three hours is like, oh, at the end there's going to be a new Mass Effect, you know, trailer, right, right. or or like there's going to be the Death Stranding stuff with with Hideo Kojima. And I think that stuff is is cool, but like you need to. That's how you get people to watch, and then once you have people watching, that's how you slip in that little bit of extra humanity. Well, little, first like a little bit of humanity, <laughs> yeah. and then advertising, right? Like it's so it's that mix of like you need trailers to get people to watch, yeah. and you need people to watch so that you can sell ads, and you need ads so that you can rent the space, and then finally. You can celebrate games a little bit. Yeah. And that's just part of the thing. And so, like, on some level, I want to be like, if you're going to go big, this is what it's going to look like. And that's my beef with trying to say that this is the format with which you want to, quote, unquote, celebrate games. Absolutely. Um, because I feel like it's diametrically opposed. Like, there was that Zelda trailer that I thought was actually really good. Yeah. That was, like, really calm. Reg- was it was it Trinan and Reggie? Who no, was it? Trinan and... It, it was uh, and, Bill Trinan and Nate. No, I don't remember who. Who's the other person? Nate from the Treehouse. Oh, Treehouse Nate. Is- Shout out to Treehouse Nate. Nate. Um, uh, That's my rap name. Playing the game. (laughs) Treehouse Nate, a.k.a. (laughs) P-Clef. There you go, P-Clef. A.k.a. Tricky Scoops. A.k.a. Tricky Scoops, right, exactly, exactly. Check out my bot. Uh, (laughs) That's true, there's a bot. We'll get to your bot, we'll get to your bot. Um, So, like, that moment was really chill. Like, they were playing The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, and it was just like, this sudden shift change to where they were like quiet and on a couch and it was just like nice. playing, playing, they're playing Zelda together. Right. They're having Bros friends. were playing a game on the couch. And it was, it was yeah. the thing that, that I kind of finally explained it to somebody who was like, why are you so exhausted by all of this? And what I said was like, imagine that Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is the coolest game next year, like by far. Imagine it changes the world. Like imagine everybody loves it. last night. Yeah. <laughs> you know, world leaders are coming together on it and they're like, you know what? Breath of the Wild. Am I right? Let's, we'll figure out this trade stuff. We'll figure, no more registry. Just come on in. <laughs> like, Breath of the Wild has Do you like Breath of the, the Wild? Scales. Come into our country. Exactly. Yeah. The scales are falling from my eyes. America Thank you. of the Wild is perfect. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in that world, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild gets 30 seconds at the next Game Awards. Because it's not what's hot and new and next. It's what already happened. And so the emphasis has to be on the next thing and not on the thing you want to celebrate. Which is a shame because when they actually give it that room, things like the That Dragon Cancer acceptance speech yes. feel really heartfelt and do feel like um, a real celebration of what's happened. It's just that that's like literally jammed between like <laughs> a, a hyper dubstep action game trailer <laughs> and literally a man dressed as a razor robot, like a yeah. chick razor but a robot. And you're saying hyper dubstep, and let's be clear, it was like Lincoln Park. That was night. there was Lincoln Park. <laughs> it was like, there was Lincoln like Park. Lincoln Park and old Smashing pumpkins there was old smashing the pumpkins that did happen night. last night it was night. pretty it was pretty great it was pretty amazing but yeah there's actually a moment so the dra- that dragon cancer speech it was ryan green who uh, was the creative director i think at numinous games they made dra- that dragon cancer which is a game about their young son who who died of cancer it's a very 
you know, sort of touching game. And he gave this like teary eyed, but still very clear and very strong and very brave speech. And then Jeff Keeley, you know, hard cut to Jeff Keeley. And he's like, well, that's why we do the show. And then and then it was like the Razor Robot, I think, again. So it was like there's a lot. Yeah, there's just a lot of of shifting there emotionally. And I could totally see the exhaustion sort of happening from that. I just wonder wonder, and I'd be curious. uh, I just wonder who all that other stuff is for. Right. Like the like the the wrapping, like making it in in that fashion, like who like. (laughs) I think people watch that show for the trailers, and they incidentally it's watch for me. everything else. The Rugged Rule and the Race Room, that's for me. Like, are you kidding me? My whole Twitter feed was like, what is Black Beatles? My dude, it is number one on the billboard. The Mannequin Challenge is, is like the hugest thing it has been for months. Like, it's actually to the point now where they started it by being like, all right, everybody freeze in your seats. And I was like, yeah. that's corny. That's played out. That's how big it got, is that, like, it got played out. Yeah. I follow a lot but of white all people. Your, all your white on people Twitter. on Twitter. All my white people <laughs> they on didn't Twitter. Know. And then all the white people on Twitter who do, who I don't follow <laughs> were like, "Yo, can I get a follow though?" Like, no. The point of me saying that was I want to follow more white dudes on Twitter who I don't know. I follow seventeen hundred people on Twitter. It's yeah, a lot of it's people. It's a lot of people. Anyway, that's a lot. Anyway, wait, you follow seventeen hundred people? <laughs> yeah, dog. What are you don't doing? fucking talk to me about being in a bubble. Like that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. I am not. That is not a bubble. No, that I'm not in an echo chamber. Swamp. You can't I, like, even read that timeline. That, that that's impossible. It's a you dive in. You let it wash over you, Patrick. Ugh. You let it like it it it, it consumes you, and then you come up for breath. And then you just kind of go back in and you get all these nice <laughs> – it's like a different sort of experience. Like for a long time, Twitter was a thing that I did. Yeah. I lived on Twitter. Yeah. Well, now it's like I visit it for like a quick – You visit for your dives. Yeah. You take a dive. It's like Abzu. Yes. It's like – You just like you go reverse. all the way in the and world, then you go right back up. The world is the ocean and every now and then I have to go into Twitter to take a breath. There it is. That's what it is. Yeah. It's like, it's like in Finding Nemo. They take a breath when they go up. Good. We should talk about specific other things that happened though during during yeah. the uh, Game Awards. Like, what st- stood out for you as like big moments from that thing, Patrick? Uh, I well, I'm trying to be. I want to be positive because I don't want to. I don't want to get weird about the Kojima <laughs> Take stuff. Posse. So, uh, well, I don't know. So, what, what were the big? The, the, there was yeah. They showed Zelda. They showed. Um, uh, Death the, Stranding. The Death Stranding. Yeah. So let's 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 set aside the weird. Um, uh, honoring of Hideo Kojima saving a bunch of kids from a coal mine, uh, teary speech. Yeah, a that, marriage proposal. That was I think, that is was, what it was that was well intentioned, yeah. but incredibly awkward and like five minutes too long. Uh, mm-hmm. That trailer. I mean, I don't know what that game is, but I want to play that game. Yes. Yeah. You know, and that's always As been the thing about fan. It's always been the thing about Kojima that even uh, I think Austin, you and I are on opposite sides on this in the same way that we are on opposite sides of Dark Souls. Is uh, I think Metal Gear Solid <laughs> two, uh, two and four are trash, uh, and one and three are are amazing. Um, I like uh, so. F- I don't think three is trash. I don't think one and three are trash. I think one is like brilliant. I, okay, I, like, so, I think one is yeah. I, I just my preference is one and three versus two and four for like I think reasons that are fairly yes. obvious and how they do storytelling. Um, totally. But uh, what, when I, even when I don't like what the dude's up to, you know, quiet nonsense and all things like that, he yep. makes just striking choices in all he does. And so even when I'm critical of the work he does, I'm, like, exceptionally happy he's out there doing it. And he is, like, one of the few people that gets handed just infinite piles of money to do yeah. big – like, 
Death Stranding should big, be a small big, indie weird. game, not you know, yeah. not what it is, and not uh, Mads Mikkelsen and and Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's just I don't again like I don't know what that game is. It'll probably be some open world stealth action game, probably. Um, mm-hmm. But goddamn, does that world already like I want to go inhabit it immediately? Yep. Do, do you think they're just using the Fox engine again? And they're just going to put a new name on it? Because that looked a lot like Metal Gear Solid 5. Yeah. I, yeah. And it, I, um, totally. it also seems like there is a lot of horror imagery in yeah. this. Like, I, I'm not going to be surprised if... Uh, it's not going to be a horror mm. game, but I'm not going to be surprised if there is some leveraging of ideas and sort of... Uh, design iconography from what they were going to do with Silent Hills brought sure. into Death uh, Stranding because it just well, it's, it's very striking in the way that they're like sort of the grotesque art that they're using. Yeah, totally. And like one of the things that Kojima games often do is that like shift to a slightly different genre for a little bit, where like oh you know kind of variations on the turret sequence so to speak, where it's like oh this is a motorcycle chase scene now, or oh you're a weird ghost samurai in in three, and like that's. Already, there's room for, like, oh, there's going to be a weird horror segment here now. Like, things are going to get really dark for the next hour and a half. That could be really cool. We'll see. Totally. Um, you know, we'll see. Um, and also, Mads Mikkelsen is going to be. Yes. That, see, I, I was very excited yeah, about that. Mads is good. Big fan. Shout outs to Hannibal Season 1, which is super good. Oh, Hannibal, the whole thing is super yeah. good. Somehow, super, somehow I have not seen good. that series. And I know that people Hannibal. get angry at me for not. You should watch it's Hannibal. A, it, was, it sounds like a series made for me. Thing. I think it loses its way a little bit. But, but it really finds like, its way again. Yeah, the end it of, does. There, there's a moment in season three where Lawrence Fishburne decides to make the whole season good. Yep. It's like the whole season is kind of bad. And then Lawrence Fishburne puts a boy through some glass. <laughs> and then like <laughs> And then it's good again. And then like the whole thing kind of gets itself back on track. It's very, it's very avant-garde and goes up its own ass a little bit yeah. in the beginning of season three. But it does, like, I think it's all worth it. I think it's all worth it. It wraps itself back, yeah. back yeah. around, intestines and all. Um, yep. There's also just my favorite thing about this entire Kojima del Toro like nonsense is this morning del Toro Guillermo del Toro, yes. the great director of Pan's Labyrinth and the Hellboys and and just Hellboy two or just was he did Hellboy he do both Hellboys? two I think no he did no he he did both he did both Hellboys. he did both okay. great yeah um hmm. Blade 2. Blade, Blade 2. 2. Yeah. That's the, that's the only Gata. 2. Blade that's 2, right. by the way, super good. Yes, it is. Shockingly good. Also really good, Wesley Snipes' Twitter account. Wesley Snipes. Hell Wesley Snipes. yes. Wesley Snipes. <laughs> Maybe the Twitter account of 2017. He, he, there was no, one of recent. 2017. Of 2017. Of that's right. This is an aspiration. He had, a, he had a tweet a couple of days ago that was just like a high-res photo of him doing – like just staring at the camera with the caption – Come at me, trolls. And it's just like, <laughs> what are you doing, Wesley Snipes? Uh, you, well, one, you're evading your taxes. Afraid. And then two, you're, be, you're killing it on Twitter. Yes. <laughs> He's the best. So this morning, Gamble Toro was just like, fuck Konami. Yep. And I was like, whoa. Like, yep. And in that caps. To me was, he wrote it in caps. In all caps. Yeah, I wasn't just shouting it. He shouted it on yes. Twitter using the language of all caps, which we all know, of course, is shout shouting the shout, shout caps, and that was incredible because it it like pulled back the veil a little bit and like it stopped doing the dance that Kojima and Keeley were doing at the event, where it was like we can't really say what we're talking about, but you know what we what we're talking about. <laughs> you understand that Konami pre- prevented us from actually giving him this award last year. Like we're drawing this out because we like each other, but also because fuck you, Konami. <laughs> so it was just so nice to hear. Someone just say just it. Just be real yeah, like that. Just be yeah. real. Just, and like Del Toro can do it. Oh, yeah. 
Like, what's his – that was one of those moments of just like, oh, right. Like, video game companies don't matter to the lives of most famous people. Like, <laughs> right. they're outside of, outside of the gaming sphere, like, outside of our little bubble. Like, who? Like, yeah, I'm Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, Fuck Konami. I can say that. Yeah. Come at me. Um, I hope they don't go at him. I hope they don't send their yeah. spies at him. <laughs> send their their weird spies yeah. and their baby. Send their robot. You their know, like ninjas. bizarre baby jars God. at him. You so, know. So, uh, so that was one big thing. I think the other big thing we're talking about is probably Nolan North's speech. Yes. Um, Nolan North won for best performance. He did was that the, was uh, that the for Uncharted Four for you know reprising his role for the final time of Nathan Drake. We'll see. Mm. I mean, he said final time. That is what he, he said. He said it, not um, me. But I am I am a little, like, curious if that will be the case, first of all. Sure, I, sure. Know, I, things, things, things have a tendency to happen. Things change. Things, the, world needs, <laughs> the world needs money, apparently. But the, during his, his, uh, his speech, acceptance, his acceptance speech, yeah. speech, thank you, he said, performance matters. And I was like, mm-hmm. all right. Like, that's the hashtag. That is the SAG-AFTRA union, like, uh, kind of... Sort of rallying cry, I would you, call it. Rallying yeah, cry, exactly. And then he said, the performance of every designer, every programmer, every hardworking and talented person who works at, the, at that office, that performance is so important, and their performance matters more than mine. And that's important in this day and age, with all this talk going back and forth, because without their performance, my performance wouldn't matter. It wouldn't even exist. I think there's a version to read that. There's a way to read that that feels like a cross, like crossing the aisle and trying to find common ground during a, a really tough series of negotiations yeah. and back and forth. Like the way I just read it, I think delivered that version of the speech. But if you watch his video, it's a moment that feels like shots fired a little bit. Feels a little yeah. bit like shots fired, or like if I'm the quote unquote the game companies who are involved in this uh, negotiation. Those words are ammo, now, mm-hmm. right? Um, and to be fit, to be completely clear, I absolutely think the performance of designers and producers and programmers and QA testers and everybody else who makes a game, everybody who touches a game, office assistants, pro- yes. you know, everything from HR, HR, yeah. everything in the fucking st- everybody, audio engineers, <laughs> everybody right. helps produce. A game. Yes. Who touches it. And everyone there should have great – should have good benefits yes. and fair pay and all – and, you know, uh, a comfortable working environment and everything else. But the thing that we see again and again is people who oppose the sag after stuff doing this sort of like, well, if our situation is rough, then why aren't – you know, why should you be getting more, more money? Why should you be getting points on the – or, you know, kind of royalties on, yeah. on really high-selling games? Stuff like that. And my answer to that is like, yeah, we sh- you should all, yeah, you all should all get it. lots of money. Should all be in on yeah. this to some degree. negotiation and organization is is would be I think in the long run good for the industry. I think in the short term would be a little rough, but I just I don't know. It it struck me way wrong. Yeah, uh, am I? Do you think I'm off base with that for last night? If either of you saw that bit, yeah, I thought it was super weird. Yeah, it was definitely you know, and it, and it, it was, was definitely odd. Yeah. And, like, for me, the big one was just, like, using the performance matters hashtag That was, yeah, that's what felt like shots fired more than anything else. Like, yeah. And he kind of had this look in his eye, like, performance matters. Am like, I it right? was, like, a weird, like, hey, yeah. you know who and I'm so talking like, to. I, you know, that well, and he, and he prefaced it with saying he was going out on a limb or, like, he was going to say, like, he yes. sort of knew that he was about to say, like, that's what, that's what colors it in a way for me that if we're trying sure. to look at it in the most positive light, which is that he was trying to, you know, sort of reach across the aisle and also recognize that, hey, while the strike is going on, we're not necessarily saying that we're more important than the developers. 
Uh, when he says, like, oh, I'm going to kind of go out on a limb, like, it kind of f- feels like it colors mm-hmm. it in a way that makes it shade, you know, like that he's throwing shade right. as opposed because, to doing yeah. the olive branch. Right, because the olive branch wouldn't be going out on a limb. No. Right. Offering a limb, and right. that would be good. That would be fine and good, and instead... Uh, yeah. In any case, those awards happened, and I think that these were better than they've been... They're getting Not incrementally ever, better, like, I feel like. Yeah. Each year, it's getting like a little bit less... Because the first year of the Game Awards, I remember being like, well, it's a little better than the VGS, but they had that weird... like. Uh, Battlefield Hardline song that was like super like mm, super toned up you know yeah, yeah exactly and this was like there was nothing that was a gaff on that level yeah I think if, I, if that makes I, sense I think that it was so earlier I joked a little bit about like oh I follow a lot of white people on Twitter because yeah. I don't know who Run the Jewels or Ray Shramar sure the Run the Jewels song that's, that they chose were like absolutely the ones that were maybe filled with a little too much <laughs> <laughs> The bag, the bag of dicks. <laughs> you know, it was a little much, but you know. It's LP. LP is going to be LP. And like, yeah. uh, you know, I'm obviously a fan of Running the Jewels. Also understand any cr- criticism of their of their songs. And, and and importantly, like, this is an event that ended on a note from Jeff Kaplan. Was it Jeff Kaplan who was speaking for It was actually uh, Jeff Kaplan spoke, spoke for Game Direction. It was Gar- – I'll find the name. Okay. And, uh, yeah. um, someone on the Overwatch team whose name I should just have on hand. I'm frustrated I don't. Ended by basically saying, like – we're really happy we won this award, like, and, and really grateful. We think that, like, we hope that our game celebrates diversity in times like these, where we, that's something important. Yeah, that was celebrate. a really and, great and moment. So, like, I could I could understand the criticism that maybe the RTJ songs that they performed were not the best songs for an event that wanted to share talk about the diversity of games and blah blah blah. So, I, I want to be clear. I do think there's valid criticism to to lay at the floor there. Um, I. I also just think they were a little breath. I think Run the Jewels was a little breathless last night. I don't think they had it in them. It wasn't the best performance those two dudes have ever done. Anyway, welcome to the only gaming podcast where you're going to hear uh, a like performance critique of Run the Jewels. <laughs> uh, yeah, good luck. I hope I hope their next album is good. It's coming Danielle, out soon. Danielle's still looking for whoever. I know. I'm sorry. I like. Yeah, I have it right here, and it's just she loading. It. She, it's loading. It's loading right here. We have phones. We got. We we're got close phones. to having this on stream. I think next week we're gonna try to. We're gonna try to. Do you see our faces? Phone. Yeah, as you look at your phone. God, it's, it's being sorry. My phone's terrible. Uh, and then the other big thing, while you look this up, is there was a Mass Effect Andromeda trailer. Yeah, that looked cool. It did. It looked cool. It was like the third time they said it's the first gameplay trailer ever. Yep. I feel like <laughs> well, um, first, it's. I guess it's the first time they've shown like like you know. Uh, the, I think when they like the when combat, it was a real I gameplay, guess. seeing UI is seeing yeah. like you know like like they were walking around a space station and you saw like quest markers and things like yeah. that that made that I feel like when I was in that PS4 Pro event like six months ago or whatever four three months ago they also called that the first ever gameplay yeah trailer. the marketing maybe, for this maybe. game has been bad and I, I I wonder if if it is related to the fact that it has been like not so secretly delayed a whole bunch of times yeah. um, because the like I find like every time they try to get you excited but I just feel like you know you can't keep you can't like every 3 months being like yeah the way they roll this stuff out like I just want to play the game at this point like I'm tired right. of looking at weird gameplay teases it's also been the thing that they've been talking about or this sorry it's been the thing that sort of leaked two years ago now. So it's one of those things of like, yeah, I, I know what the concept is, so that isn't going to hit me, and so I need a little bit more, which, like, obviously I can't blame them for leaks necessarily, but, like, 
and I'm probably the not in the majority. The majority of people were probably surprised when it's like, oh, you're going to go to the Andromeda Galaxy and colonize a new world. Like, <laughs> okay, that's probably new for most people who don't keep up on this stuff. Um, so maybe I shouldn't knock them for this at all. But like, I, I wanted to see a little bit more in terms of characterization, a little bit more in terms of like, you know, when the first Mass Effect trailer ever like mm. came out, the thing that got me hyped was eyes and conversations yeah. was like and obviously this is a different time but just like wow the xbox 360 looks really powerful like look at those eyes those look like people eyes and then also it looks like an actual like filmic language right. like actually oh, yes. doing you know shot reverse shot and things like that totally. and it looked really nice yeah. and like and professional like, and the voice work was really good and the dialogue was yeah. intriguing and like the world looked beautiful and and there's a little bit of that in this trailer and at the front and then it just like pivots into like oh it's also an action game it's action rpg and there's so a mako slash nomad i'm pro know. mako so, I am too. Okay, sorry. I like that Mako. I, I know Patrick, where you probably stand on the Mako. It's bad. I mean, yeah, conceptually, <laughs> it's interesting, but it's bad. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think. Mako. I think Pro their Pop problem <laughs> is because that game has so clearly been delayed. I think they're saving all of this characterizations to the stuff we want mm-hmm. until they know that the game is coming. Like they've already yeah. telegraphed the game could be delayed till the summer. Um, like you right. don't when they when they did the N seven day and dropped their latest like first look tease, <laughs> then the, the, it got delayed from f- early twenty seventeen to spring twenty seventeen, and then on a financial right. call, Andrew Wilson uh, 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 of EA said like, oh, we'll be you know we'll be happy to delay it if they need more time, which is basically saying they're going to delay it. Yeah. yeah. So like yeah. this Why protracted be a- yeah. Fall twenty seven. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, I bet it, I bet it comes out property. in I bet it comes out in like May. Like I think May June is is probably the the time frame that that. Yeah. I think that time. game gets slaughtered next fall if it actually makes it all the What's way there. What's out next fall? Do we know? Uh, Red Dead theoretically. Yeah. Um, okay, I could see that. We'll see. I'm curious. I'm really curious about that game. The action seems really fast. Um, like like way fast. Like, I think they were playing what would be similar to like the Vanguard class. Lots of like like dashing through people and like across the field and stuff like that. Stuff that that plays in a trailer. Right, totally. Um, But that's my class of choice and so like I'm very curious to see if it feels a little too fast for me. I always play Sentinel. It's okay. Sentinel's cool. Listen, I like that game series a lot. I think they've also said that the new one is like basically classless. Like they've stripped that stuff away in in the new one. You just get to put points I'm sure into whatever Yeah, you like put points into things and then if you like are really into the Vanguard style abilities you'll just get like specific stuff if you go far enough down. Right, right. That makes sense. That Whatever makes that path sense. is, yeah. I so I found you. I found the name. Okay, so Overwatch. <laughs> Sorry, that took I've me forgotten. ten and a half. We hours. were just killing time with that Mass Effect conversation. That's what it was. Killing time with Mass Effect. <laughs> uh, it was Blizzard's Ray Gresco, and I have the little quote. It was it was nice. This was sort of a, a good note, I think, to end the night on. And it was Overwatch winning uh, game of the year. And he said, "We've been very happy with how the game has been received. We're also extremely proud that this game and the world that we're building has a message, and it's a message about heroism. It's a message about diversity. It's a message about a bright." And positive and hopeful future. Yeah. So thank you, Ray Gresco. Thank of you, Blizzard Ray. and good, Overwatch Ray. team. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, like uh, there was just, there were actually a couple moments that night where was, I think it was actually when Jeff Kaplan came up to to accept for best direction. Yes. He was like, "Hey, I'm Jeff Kaplan. I'm on the Overwatch team." And I was like, "Yeah, nice. Nice. Like, yeah. I'm glad that you weren't like I made Overwatch." Right. <laughs> <laughs> which which is like one of those things that does end up bugging me about the Kojima stuff. Like we talk all day about. Oh, Kojima is like the one guy maybe that auteur theory like applies to and blah blah blah. Like that dude's been working with the same character designers for years, yeah. working with the same editors for years. Like it's like the Tarantino thing of like well like actually a lot of what makes these people like distinct is the supporting staff around them yeah. who or who we call supporting staff because we have this like very 
you know, great person theory of, of art and history in our heads, but it's way more complex than that. Absolutely. I mean, this is, this is like why we tried our best to shout out all of the people who helped us do that 72 hour yeah. thing that like a billion, you don't see Eunice. Eunice isn't on stream. None of it would happen None, without We Eunice. would be trying to tie our shoes. Well, I don't know how. Eunice. <laughs> Eunice tells me, I'm like, Eunice, how do I, is it a bow? Is it yeah. a, I try to do like Where do a I put the little eyelet? That's exactly, I you know, know all the different possible knots that there are. I just don't know which one goes for shoes. Exactly. That's, I, I, we heads. wouldn't be here without Tim producing our podcast exactly. today. So, so I'm, I'm happy right. whenever game designers and, and developers and publishers get out there and say like, hey, like shout outs to all of the people yes. who actually make this happen. Who make so. make all the things work. Oh, <sighs> all right. I think we can move on from the game awards. Where yeah. there's another big event coming up, which is PSX, and we'll yes. probably end up talking about that on Monday. Um, what what else is going on? Have you been up to anything? Playing you, a lot of games. What are you playing? Playing a lot of Dishonored too. Nice. I got up to. I'm almost in the Clockwork Mansion. You're in the outskirts. I'm in the there. second part of the out. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Okay. I feel, I feel okay. like this is, this is my favorite. Uh, we should just have a moment in the podcast. <laughs> like, Austin claims he's going to play more Dishonored. I, how, did. How, I did. How much closer has he gotten to the Clockwork I Mansion, got, which really isn't that far into that I, stage? I climbed a hill and the game crashed, okay? So I got from the I, got, I, I, did, I did everything in the bottom zone. Like so Danielle yeah. wrote a piece on the site this week. Yes, I about sure did. Dishonored 2 and like, it, how it's making me a 100%er again. Basically, it's making me play through obsessively and look for every little thing and I haven't done that since I was a teenager, but this game like puts me in that mindset of like these levels are so sort of richly designed. Yeah. There's so many secrets. There's so many ways of getting through them that I'm like, I need to know all the ways. Yeah. So, yeah. And, like, finding those secrets, too, even when they're not, like, mechanical bonuses can feel really cool. I, I found the – so I'm in that that city before the Clockwork Mansion. Uh, I got through the bottom half of it and moved to the second half. And I think it was in the bottom half that I found, like, a safe and was like, oh, the find a note that says the, the safe combination is where it always is. And like, oh, who the fuck do you keep the safe combination? You look through <laughs> the guy's apartment and they, oh, you find it. You open the safe and they're like, there's some money in there, which is like, it's cool to have money. Yeah. But, but you know, it's cool to have money. It's cool awesome. to have money. <laughs> um, but then there was just like a, a book about this group called the Regenters. Yes. Who were people who were like, like into the re- the old regent more than the imperial line and like yeah this is this is that cool world building shit exactly this is, this is my shit right here like talk to me more about weird schisms in, in political dystopic oh the world building world. is so good in this I've been finding it as well as every like little bonus thing I've been trying to find every single painting and every right. single newspaper and book and oh it's just it's really good it's really rich I feel like rich is the word for this yeah it's good to have money and be rich and be rich and you know paintings <laughs> and so I'm now like steps I could take the the car into the clockwork mansion I have the code for that good I could do that but I'm gonna keep looking around this zone before I do that I have another then, bone charm to find yeah I do you know I, like one or two more so. oh, yeah what about you Patrick you played anything else right now Tron- Austin what the fuck is going on in Final Fantasy there's a lot <laughs> I've played. I've played six hours of that game. 
I cannot yeah. tell you what the plot is. You're getting married. I mean, I get that You're- part, but like that's not <laughs> that's not a plot. Well, it's like the I t- mean, it's, it's there's like so. How far in? You're six hours in. I just what are you ma- doing? I just I just got um my, the first I don't know magic uh magic blood sword that like gives you oh. special abilities. Okay, so now you're Which also has like a bunch of weird implications that like there's a ruling class of weapons that only yes. imbue power to the ruling class of this yeah. world. Like, this, like I which, get- which speaks to what I was saying on Monday, which is like there's two different fucking worlds in this yep. game. There's a real class distinction. Like but I know, but like the, to the point where like it's there's a bloodline that is imbued with like wep- weaponized t- 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 swords. Yeah. Like, what, what is and then clearly an it's axe. only in the game because they're like, yo, we want to give cool-ass swords to the player. Right. But then don't right. think of the implication of, like, a bloodline only getting access to those and what that says <laughs> about, like, the rest of society in this no, game. Like, uh, <laughs> eugenics is right. That's what they're saying. The, this bloodline <laughs> is pure and more magic and holy than the rest. What's wrong? What's, <laughs> you're a prince, Patrick. You're a prince. Uh, Noblesse yeah. oblige. Like, you got to do good stuff for people. I have not played <laughs> a video game that is more a mess than this game, and I, and I say that, and I and I say that in the and actually in a lot of ways the most positive way possible. I'm really yeah. enjoying it. I'm having a ton of fun with obviously uh, 15 so far. I think the combat system is like just there's just enough that it's like more engaging than I usually get in with like. I'm kind of over a lot of turn-based systems of, like, the classic JRPG yeah. stylings. Um, and this it gives me just enough to do, but also it's not it's not that demanding. It's not that difficult, like, if you put in a little bit of effort on doing some side stuff. And it just, like, there, I saw a line about someone talking about this on Twitter. And it's like, yo, this game was not focus-tested at all. Like, this right. game just <laughs> is a bunch of stuff. And it's poorly stitched together. <laughs> it doesn't make yeah. any sense. Clearly, like, there were cleavers taken to this game uh, multiple times throughout its development to just ship it out the door. And in a lot of ways, that should make it bad. Like, But it, I don't know. There's something about the chaotic mess that I find really appealing, interesting, mm-hmm. and earnest, right? Like, it just feels like they went yeah, for it in this game in a way. That's a word for um, this. Yeah, because, like, normally something this big... Like, whether it's through focus testing or because there's a really, sh- like, single strong, like, set of, of people who are, like, making the cuts themselves and are saying, no, this has to become less of an RPG and more of a shooter and it has to be focused and it has to be – like, you do end up getting something sanded down. Mm. Um, this game is raw. Here, it's it raw. Is, just, it is, is there a Kojima raw. element to this game? Would you say that? No, there's not a Kojima <laughs> element because if there was, it would be a little bit more – like, Kojima games are all over the place. Yeah. But, like, in a way that I imagine is not focus-tested, but is arrived at through very intense meetings. I see. Where it's like someone in that room really wants this weird element to be there, and they're going to fucking put it in, period. Yeah. The, the nuclear weapons are going to be – the only way you get that ending is if everybody in the world disarms <laughs> all their nukes. Like, and everyone else in the room is like, that's a, that's a bad idea. Like, Coach something you can't di- – everybody has to disarm their nukes. That's the only way you get the ending. And, like, in this, it's not that so much as it's just, like, someone somewhere was like, what if there's another ending where you disarm your nukes? Like, put that in. All right, yeah, just throw it in. Just throw, throw it, it in. in the pot. And so there's, yeah. like, all these things of just, like, oh, what if there's, like, a really deep, like, almost like a – it reminds me of Monster Strike, which is this uh, mobile game. But it's, like, in the game somewhere. Like, yeah, put it in. Go, yeah, go for <laughs> it. Whatever, it whatever you want. Put that in there. Like, what if there was, like, a whole system of weird photos or one of the people in your game, in your crew, was taking photos all the time? 
but like actually taking photos like there's clearly some that are pre like yeah set up but there are a lot that are just like uh, oh he stopped in the middle of combat to take a photo <laughs> i'm fighting a, a you know a big ghost monster or something sure. and he's like oh hold up that looks dope snap <laughs> and so awesome he's also the worst prompto is my least favorite so far is he I the think. chest boy no that's Gladio, who's my most favorite okay. so far. He's Gladio, my favorite too. Gladio is he's all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna walk you through Okay, please do. I'm gonna have to walk you through this because there's four boys. Yes, there's four four good there boys. Four, well, hmm. I'm not four sure boys. All good. <laughs> We've been over Noctis. Noctis yes. is the type of dude who gets he's the type of dude memes made for yep. him. That's the type of dude he yep. is. Yep. Um, he's just not, he's just not fly. No. He might grow up to be, like, right now he is, again, like, kind of like the, the disaffected youth who's, like, doesn't understand why. Shitty prince. His, he's, like, shitty prince who doesn't understand yeah. why his dad saved him, which is just, like, my dude, your dad was your dad your and dad. loved you. He wanted you to not die. Well, Ugh. this one bad. Um, there's Ignis, who is, like, you're, like, you know, your uh, mentor and your teacher. Oh, he's the, the, he's the British, British guy with professorly glasses. dude. I just like naturally pushed my glasses. You up just on my did. Nose. It really happened. It that's, was beautiful. That's what he does. Yeah. He's like that guy. And yeah. he's like a little like judgy and, and like a little said, prickly. He's a little like bit? more. He's not prickly in a fun way. I see. He's like off brand soulless. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's like soulless, but like what if he didn't have that deep, dark mystery around him? Yeah. Also? That's no fun. Um, the solo story ends up getting really good. And then yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Uh, then there's, then, there's Prompto, who has a bad backstory. Wait, is he the Justin Bieber character? He's the Justin Bieber okay, character. Okay, okay, good. I don't good. think he's actually, he's not voiced for Justin Bieber. No, he's we not. I'm just saying. He's Bieber-esque. Yeah. He's Bieber-adjacent. Bieber-adjacent, okay. That might be the name of this episode. Yes, Bieber-adjacent. Bieber-adjacent. Correct. Um, and his backstory from the, like, attached anime is that, like, when he was a little kid... He wanted to be friends with Noctis. The Good. Prince. Okay. But he was like chubby, and he was like, oh, no, "No one's gonna like me if I'm chubby." Oh my God. And then he's Poor like, Bieber. "Oh, I know what I'll do. I'll get hot." And then like, <laughs> like the, there isn't a lesson about like, no, you're no, he's gonna like you for who you Except are. Except yourself. The lesson is like completely change who you are. Like get hot, like, look like Bieber, look like Biebs. Yeah, get your Biebs on. Uh, and and now now everybody likes Prompto. Like that's the okay. that's the. It's a bad message. It's a bad. It's well, it's. If if that thing had been like I gotta I gotta get myself in shape because I want to get in shape. Right. Totally not, I need to be hot so people like me. Yeah. But yeah. That's not I need to great. Be hot so people like me. <laughs> and then there's Gladi and, and so and also just like in gameplay, Prompto is the one who's like I like that he takes pictures. I do like that. Yeah. I don't like that he makes the worst jokes. He's just like not funny. He's just like the corny. He's the guy who like hums the Final Fantasy like theme after oh. you succeed, and it's cute once. And yeah. Then, like he does it six times. Okay. Yeah. And you're like, all right, Prompto, you need to shut the fuck up. Yeah. And also, your gun doesn't do a lot of damage, homie. Like, I don't know why anybody in this world uses guns. Swords are clearly way better. His, sp- his special ability is pretty good, though. Pierce or that yeah. one? Yeah. Yeah. Because cool. it knocks over a lot of enemies. It does. There's the other one, though, that I tried using, which is, it's like made for grinding, which is like he shoots a flare in the air. I think it's made for grinding. Okay. He shoots a flare in the air. And just, like, more enemies show up. And the first time I did it, I wasn't sure if it meant that it was going to clump the enemies that were already there together. Oh. So in my head, I was like, it's going to clump everybody together. Make it and easy. then I'm going to have Gladio, like, get his sword out and just, like, blah, to kill them all. That's the sound swords make in the blah, fantasy blah. blah. <laughs> um, But instead, that didn't happen. And, like, 12 alien giraffes showed up and just oh. fucked up my whole day. God, No Man's Sky. No man, also, yeah. it's No Man's Sky. Um, <laughs> God. And then there's Gladio. The best boy. Who, for me, is like the only one who is like, 
I'm not here to take any shit. I know what we're doing. I'm here to enjoy myself. I'm going to sit in the back of this car. I'm going to read this book. Tell me when we got to get out of the car and hit something with my sword. I'll do it. I love you all. I just don't have it in me right now yeah. to engage with any of you at oh, all. He sounds amazing. He's a good guy. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited for him to just give them the, like, I'm going to tell you the, the fucking, I'm going to tell you how it is. Good. Story or, yeah. like, a, a message at some point. Oh. In any case, I'm really enjoying it so far. I'm a little bit past you, Patrick. Um, I got the second sword, which is like the first real dungeon of the game, mm. which was enjoyable. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm just got into that part uh, of the cool. game. It feels like I'm, I'm. It's just like I'm about to exit whatever the tutorial sort of section is, yes. Um, yes. where they kind of contain you. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I am surprised how much I'm liking the game as much as I am. Like, there's a lot of other things I could be playing, but I mostly yep. just want to play more of that. Yeah, me too. I'm going to probably play a lot of that this weekend and probably some Last Guardian, which is real. They said Yeah, it. it's I, a real game. I can't – I haven't touched – I literally can't say anything about it, not because I'm not breaking NDA. I wouldn't do that anyway, Sony. Don't sue me. Um, <laughs> but because I haven't had time to play it. Yeah. That's not true because I have had time to play some Final Fantasy and some Dishonored. Some Dishonored. And, and I've, been playing, I've been playing No Man's Sky again. Oh, I'm Austin. Sorry. I'm sorry. I – this have you fought some good space giraffes at least? I did. I fought some good. Sp- All right, that's good. I found some like space lizards who walk around like people. Oh, that's cool. And it feels like an affront to people. Clear. <laughs> 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 they're, they're not walking around to, like people. They're walking around the way a comedian, like a lizard comedian, would walk around yeah. like people, yeah. as if he was doing like a people walk like this <laughs> bit, like it was yeah. like the late eighties. Because um, it is. So I shot a bunch of them because I needed to get the stuff. That yeah, they of course had. you did. <laughs> I needed to get the stuff that they had to give it to my agricultural yeah, expert. That's, so that's what they all say, Austin. It. That's what they all oh, say. Oh, my God. Here's the actual truth about <laughs> the existential dread of No Man's Sky. Um, I found a really cool planet. It was like I looked for a base, a planet yeah. that I wanted to build a base on. I found one because it was gorgeous. It was all beautiful little plateaus poking up out of the, the oh, ocean. Oh, lovely. Like, you know, uh, it was like a mix of like almost like fall-colored trees. With these oh, like little those. like like hyper-luminescent uh, caves. And I found a base that I could take over that was in the middle of, of one of these plateaus and a field of green. And you could see the ocean off in the distance. And there were, ca- or there were mountains all up around it. I was like... This is it. This is my home. And, and I named the planet November Sea. And I oh. named the, the name of the, the uh, space-like sector, the, the solar sector, uh, Waypoint. So people would know. Oh, like, this is it. it's, it's, our, it's, it's home. Oh, and I started building a base and everything was going well. And then, like, I left and I came back. And when you land, it gives you, like, the update of, like, what's up with this planet? And so it's like, oh, it's, it's, uh, is, there, is there flora on it? like, oh, it's lush with flora. Mm. How are the, the sentinels, the robot police, who, like, make sure you don't take too much stuff? Like, they're pretty chill. Like, how is the, how is the, uh, the geographical or the geological makeup? Are there lots of minerals? Like, there are a lot of minerals wow. here. Like, oh, this is the best. I was like, how many animals are here? And I was like, none. No. Like, none. And it hit me in a way that wasn't like I can't get stuff from animals or whatever. It hit me in this, like... Oh, there's nothing else alive on this planet. There's nothing else with a mind on this planet except us on this shitty little plateau. And suddenly, like, my paradise fell away. Like, even (laughs) – it's weird. Like, even talking about the notion of being the only living thing on the planet, like, makes my chest constrict a little bit. It's a terrifying thought. It's – I didn't expect We're social animals. We are. It's so terrifying. Also, where am I going to get, like, the mordenum or whatever it is I need when I Mm. kill animals? You know, I need that stuff sometimes. That's right. That's That's my No Man's Sky update. 
I really want to buy a freighter. I don't have anywhere near enough money to buy a freighter. We'll check back in on that. It's in the good future. to have money. It's quickly become my like chill out before bed game again. Yeah, that's a um, good thing. Like thirty minutes of that is is totally scratching the itch right now. Um, the only other little thing I wanted to mention was like a really fucking cool moment in Mafia Three. I'm gonna oh. I'm gonna sp- I'm gonna give a little Mafia Three spoiler. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to be be. I'm going to give a little Mafia 3 spoiler. I'm okay. going to give a, a, a late game mission spoiler here. It's not like the end of the game. It's not a, a big plot heavy thing, but it's just like it, it was this amazing moment that was one of those things that again made me happy that at least it took place in an open world, um, even if it could have been cut down a lot, which was – so I mentioned before that there's this really great B plot running through the game of this kind of stand your ground case where yeah. this white dude shoots two black guys who go up to his house to ask for uh, help with their out. car. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which obviously mirrors lots of real cases. Yeah. Uh, and he shoots them and kills them and he's, he's uh, in, on trial for it. And you end up needing, your, your A plot intersects with that because that judge is helping the the mafia there set up their casino thing, uh, or it's not like he's like not actually helping, but like they need his help basically, um, and he's willing to help. And so you intercede and are going to kill him because this is like that revenge story. Um, and you, the only time he has he's under police protection all the time. The only time that he isn't under police protection, he's under police protection because there's all these protests about that case. Yeah. And so like when you arrive at the courthouse, it's just like surrounded by protesters and then like uh, uh, the police um, kind of caravan, not caravan, what's the uh, caravan comes out and like yeah, yeah. kind of like uh, they escort him out of the thing and like he gets into his car and then the, the police like can drive him away in this like three car escort. And then you learn like, oh, he's going to stop and go do some stuff on the side, obviously, and like slip away from the police. And I'm like following him this whole time. And um, Paint It Black is on the, the car. Oh, and yeah. it's not like the chorus of Paint It Black. I'm just like doing this slow tailing during the last like minute of Paint It Black, which is just like the riff repeating yeah. over and over yeah. again. Um, and my idea is like, oh, I'm not going to touch this. I'm going to call in uh, Vito's hitman to, to hit this dude in, in while he's like down some weird alleyway. And so I call – he goes down the side alleyway. He gets like set up. He's like trying to buy some drugs on the side. Of course. Welcome to Corrupt Politicians, <laughs> I guess. Uh, and – I call on the hitman, but they come in from an alleyway I don't see. And so that means I thought they'd come in from the front and block him off, but they don't. So he just, like, speeds away. Oh, no. We chase after him. They end up shooting out one of his tires or something because the car is, like, all fucked up. Why end up chasing him? The, you know, paint of black is going. I slam into the back of the car. He spins out. The two guards who are with him get out. I get out with him. The hitmen kill his two guards, and so no one has looked at me yet. And at this point, he is just, like, fast walking away. He's, like, the picture. When I said, like, a southern gentleman lawyer, he's that guy. And he's just, like, stumbling away and, like, looking back over his shoulder as, like, music is blaring out of the cars. And I'm, like, just slow walking after him. And just, like... Eventually, I just find him in an alley or in a in a parking lot to the like side of a bunch of buildings, and he just like goes into the corner and waits. And then the other hitmen walk up behind me finally after they're done with the other guys, and just like shoot him to death in the corner. I don't touch. I don't raise a finger. I don't touch a gun. And it was just one of these like, yo, I would watch that movie yep. moments. It only works because <laughs> there is this great geography, like yeah. geography and the soundtrack and all that. And it was just like such a good moment. Oh, and like yeah. I, it 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 was just. As high as any of the set pieces in that game um, for me, and and it mostly happened outside of the set piece, like uh, kind of orchestration. So nice work on that. Hangar thirteen, yeah. Hangar thirteen. I yeah. was I always say Hangar eighteen, but Hangar thirteen. Hangar thirteen. Thank you so much for that, Hangar thirteen. Oh, it's beautiful. We have like five minutes. 
And we have time, time for a for quick a question. Quick question, a quick dip. An easy one. Dip gonna, in our I'm toe. Dip it in. That's not. <laughs> Are to you? <laughs> to dip it to, right in the question bucket. Okay. Um, <sighs> oh God, Patrick's face Patrick's, right now. <laughs> I wish we had podcast art. I do too. I wish we had podcast art. I really do. It's yeah. really good. It's yeah. Really good. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Here we go. Uh, this comes in from Gabe from Peru. Oh, cool. What up, Gabe? Um, what's good, Gabe? I've been thinking a lot about user interface in games lately. I think that in modern games, there can often be a conflict between the actual 3D space of the game and what, uh, what the often exaggerated amount of UI elements do to the player. For instance, mini-maps or radars. I personally am really annoyed by how commonplace these have become. Uh, Open-world games like GTA and Mafia and even The Witcher 3 have these, and I feel that they undermine their own immense amount of work that went into crafting these increasingly detailed, gorgeous worlds and cities. The player will always naturally try to optimize how they play and figure out the best way to do things, in this case with navigation and exploration. Obviously the most effective – in this case with navigation and exploration, obviously the most effective way to find things in these games is by looking at the damn mini-map where you can usually instantly see the icon for what you're looking for, be it an item, an NPC, or an arrow pointing to an objective. That need to optimize is reinforced by the rhythm at which these games tend to provide information and objectives to the player. You get updates and, and quest uh, you know, notifications on the, in a big UI spot on the screen, which makes us feel the need to check all those pending objectives off the list. Um, and so Gabe wants to know basically like, hey, is it possible, isn't there an avenue of game development to try to get rid of as much UI and HUD as possible and instead to come up with better ways to convey information to the player without resorting to these out-of-space elements, which are arguably archaic? I've, I really want. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Patrick. I was gonna. Well, I was gonna say we talked a lot about Dishonored, but I think Dishonored's a game that like does a really fantastic job of like isolating different elements that would otherwise be on a mini map. So, for example, yeah. there's a power that allows you to see uh, both where guards are going to walk to, uh, have walked from, and you can see their cone of vision. That's stuff that would often be on a mini map, like in a Metal Gear game. Um, in order to find the hidden objects uh, throughout the game, you have to swap over to a different item, which then overlays uh, some information uh, on the screen uh, that contextualizes it in the world without it putting it on a minimap. That's stuff that could have been in. Like, it's really easy to imagine right, Dishonored with right. a minimap, and instead they found creative solutions um, for the player to get access to that information uh, without having it crowd up, you know, a fourth of. Uh, or, you know, an eighth of the real estate of the screen. Like, I, I wish games found better ways to communicate that information on the screen in an optional way um, that makes it useful. Like, like even, like, Final Fantasy, right? Like, I'm constantly staring at that mini-map to see, like, yeah. where is the mining stuff? Like, where is the, uh, you know, wh- where are these uh, different objects? But that stuff could be on the screen yeah. and just accessible by tapping R1, like, pretty easily. But instead, there, I, I think a lot of this mini-map stuff is just... It's legacy. Like, people just, that's how we yeah. convey information. That's what we make. Um, so, and so I, I think Minimap is less, um, it's just an easy function um, rather than, like, the most elegant way of communicating that information. And I, I, I do think more games should try harder at finding alternate methods of getting that same information that allows you to uh, focus more on the game rather than staring at a Minimap to make sure you're headed in the right direction, which is right. annoying. So I, I definitely feel like this is one of those things that's like it. We, what I want to happen is for when mini maps are invoked and used to be a conscious choice instead of like the default. Yeah. Where like there are totally games where the mini map 
results in a sort of a, a speed of play and an abstraction of what you're doing that is intentional. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I, or, or where the developer changes it up depending on things. Right. So like think about like Halo multiplayer. There are specific Halo, Halo multiplayer modes that don't have the radar anymore, and suddenly that feels completely different. And both of those game modes are fun, but for different reasons. And so like in general, I think games can do that. Like I obviously. Surprise, I'm a big Far Cry 2 fan again. Yep. Far Cry 2's map is literally a map you hold up and look at, and then you have to put it away when you're not looking at it. I love that system. I don't know that it fits every game. Yeah. Um, they did yeah. that in Firewatch, too, I think. They did. Actually. They yeah. totally did. Yeah, which is really cool. I'm, I, I'm with both of you. I think intentionality here is the most important yeah. thing. Like, if you have a map, make it intentional. I think Alien Isolation did a good job with this, sure. especially with sort of the tracker. You had to make a very conscious choice to use the tracker and always constantly be putting it away because it made noise. And, like, that was actually a big part of the fiction of the game. Right. Uh, so I really like that. And also, I think Dishonored is another good example. So, well, like, the map in Dishonored is straight up just, like, in the menu, and it doesn't have – It's, it's, just it's a almost map useless. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's just like a physical map that you get from looking at a location that gave you the map. Basically. I spent so. a lot of time trying to find a bone charm in the um, in the like medical uh, yes. in the hospital yeah. because it was like underneath some stairs or something. I was like, I, I'm looking at these maps. So how do I get? How do I get into the? I basement? died a few times looking for I that one too. I didn't find it. Yeah. I eventually just moved on. But like, I liked that part of the yeah. play. That is part of the play. So um, yeah, I think I think if you're intentional about it and like don't just default to it. And then, like, if you really want to get rid of it, find a cool way to get rid of it. There are definitely ways. It's not – it isn't it – isn't, the, the implementation might be rocket science and making it right might be really tough. But, like, the conceptualization, there's a bunch of avenues that you could conceive of going. In, um, so. There's a VR game called Dread Halls, which was an early uh, yeah. uh, demo for the Oculus that's since been kind of cleaned up. And um, there's sort of a proper version on the Oculus store. But uh, – this is a game. It's a it's a horror game in which you are trying to just get to the exit, um, and you can fumble your way there. But it's more useful to look at a map that gets filled in as you explore rooms, and it highlights you know special objects you can find and, and right, rooms right. you've already been to, so you can find your way to the end. But uh, in order to look at the map, you have to literally uh, it's always in your hands, but you have to point your head down, and right. the game oh, nice. yeah the game tracks when your head goes down and then shifts. Uh, the creatures that are ha- like a- a milling about in the- in the environment, based on if you're going down. So the game like That's knows awesome. you're looking oh, yeah. away, and then shuffles the 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 pieces uh, that it's using to mess with you as a result of you referencing the map. So the map becomes a risk reward. Is like you can look at the map and maybe you know where to go. But then there might be like a crazy, <laughs> you know, creature <laughs> screaming at you around the corner the moment you put your head up. And so, so it creates good. this really exciting tension over something that is otherwise incredibly mundane um, yeah. in, in other games um, that, that I think speaks to this idea of like rethinking what the map does, what its function is, and how can you make that, uh, you know, a more interesting part of the gameplay. Totally. Like, yeah. I, I basically think that everybody should have that thought of like – what can we do with our map to make it intrinsic to the gameplay yeah. instead, yes. instead of supplementary? And is that something we're interested in doing? Yeah. Um, I would be so happy if Final Fantasy XV just had a like, uh, a like Skyrim a road map or style. something. Well, that would be so cool. <laughs> or the other way of just like give me the sky, get out of my way, give me the Skyrim style compass that sure. marks things. It's at the top of the screen. I don't need to, or or the Dishonored Bone Charm style thing of just like let yeah. me hit a button and see what's around me. Awesome. Either one of those. Would be totally good. So, that's that's I think yeah. our time for for the week. For it's the, Friday. For this week we did it. 
We got to Friday. We made it. It's been a messy week. I've it been, has. This week's been okay, but it's been messy. It felt like – I think it's because it was a holiday weekend the week before. And so yeah. it's just like uh, everything's just all over the place. But we're just about there. A couple Getting more there. weeks. We'll yeah. do some end of the year stuff. We're going to be doing some more streaming. Next Wednesday for sure we'll be streaming. Mike uh, out in the U.K., is doing a, uh, a special stream uh, from from the UK, from like a in a, a bar in a bar. Yeah. There's a bar that has a, a streaming setup. Maybe that's actually the stream that's going to happen next Wednesday. That I, might be what it is because it's to... seven London time, that's which at, is what I don't know when that is. One for us, one p.m. Yeah, that sounds right. Something like that. <laughs> is there a six you're, hour difference? You're making that up. You don't know. It's I might it's be. a five hour difference. It's a five a hour five hour difference. So like two, like two o'clock. o'clock. That's when we would. Yeah, that's actually perfect. Anyway, so. Look out for that. And then we're going to try, I think, on Monday. Yeah. To make this a stream. To make, so you can see our amazing faces. It means we'll have to dress as well as Patrick is right now. I know. We're actually, actually got, yeah, we got to step it up. Yeah, for he sure. has a nice sweater on. Yeah. It's good. It's a good look. It's nice. Thank you so much for joining us, as always. And shout out to, to Tim Barnes, our audio engineer. Yeah, keeping Tim. It, keeping it locked down right there. He's doing a little dance. Yeah, Tim's uh, doing a dance. It's, it's great. Uh, thank you, Danielle. Thank you. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, everyone out there in the world. Thank you, Bowen, for letting us use his song, Miss You. I'm going to set up a forward. Uh, you're going to be able to go to waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. Yeah. Just get to where that song is. That's what I'm going to do. So that a good way idea. I can stop stumbling over the shout out to him at the end of every episode. <laughs> uh, I think that's about it. Anybody else have anything this weekend? Anything going on? Anything people should look for? Play some games. Go play. Go, you know what? Yeah. Go, go play some games. I'm going to play some Final Fantasy. We'll yeah. see how that goes. Catch you on Monday. I love you all. Peace. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.